Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. Happy Thursday, one and all. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience 30 Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. We're located at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard, and we would love to have you and your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, Bring them all, 9.30 and 11.15 Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday evenings, and 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights are our service times. If you are interested in learning more about our church, you can visit our website at experienceliberty.com and head on over to Facebook, like our Facebook page at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas. And while you're on Facebook, you might as well hit up our radio Facebook page as well. Uh, You can just search for KVXL or Experience Liberty Radio, and either one of those search terms will bring it up for you. And believe me, you do want to be liking our page soon because the 12 days of Christmas giveaways that we do yearly is going to be pretty epic this year. Like I have got some really cool stuff to give away this year during our 12 days of Christmas giveaways. And the primary way that you will be winning those giveaways is during the 12 days of Christmas giveaways. Obviously, that's not what I was trying to say. Uh, you need to be on our Facebook page. That's what I was trying to say. You need to go like us on Facebook to get updates and information about that and how you can win. I've got all kinds of good stuff that I'm going to be giving away. But, of course, that won't be until mm, early, mid-December. We'll start the... i got to count backwards. I haven't, I haven't actually gotten to December yet. I don't know about you. But though there is Christmas music playing in my office, I, and though in some aspects of life things are are kind of really calm right now in some areas of life. In other aspects of life, it feels like the world is exploding. So I'm in this I'm in this torn <laughs> situation right now, which is it's not problematic at all. It's just sometimes I feel like, oh, and other times I'm like, ah! You know, it's that time of year. So anyway, Christmas is coming. Before Christmas, we have Thanksgiving. And as I was thinking about what I'm going to talk about on today's program, I was like, I know, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving. And then I was like, and I, and I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, because Thanksgiving is next week, so I want to tell some untold stories of things that happened on previous Thanksgivings. And then I realized we're actually still two Thursdays away from Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving Day, we'll have our Thanksgiving special. We'll talk all about the first Thanksgiving and so on. But I thought, you know, two weeks away is still, you know, kind of early for me to actually go all in on Thanksgiving. And I know some of you are like, yeah, but you're subjecting us to a Christmas song. So really, is it really early since you've been doing this to us for weeks now? Okay, that is one Christmas song. Mondays through Fridays. One. Is that a whole hour's episode? <laughs> I could do that, though. We could do that. We could just play Christmas music all this hour. There are some stations in Vegas, who shall remain nameless, who are already playing Christmas music 24-7. So, you may think that my one song a day is a bit much. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I have friends that have already tuned in to the other station and are displaying all the time in their house, in their car, and everywhere they go. I can't wait till we reach that point because I know I'm a little bit biased, but you guys, honestly, 
I the past well, let's see, about a week ago, I think it was, I was going through some new Christmas music because we we get uh, as part of what happens with radio, I get notifications for new Christmas music for this Christmas season, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of it isn't stuff that we would play on our station, but it also includes some Christian artists that I get notifications for and so I'm able to go through and some some we we don't play only you know Christmas hymns here so I'm able to listen to a bunch of different Christmas music and I was able to download I think we got like I don't know 25 to 30 new songs in our Christmas library for this year and I was scrolling through our Christmas library and I was just thinking man I know that I'm probably biased because I you know made the Christmas music library that we have but I think that we have a really good blend of classic Christmas music, Christian Christmas music, traditional Christmas music, all smashed together. I, I'm i really excited for our Christmas music this year because I, I, it's just, I think that we have a lineup that is pretty much unparalleled. Like, it's all good stuff. It's all good music. It's all uplifting. There's no Santa Baby. You will never be subjected to listening to Santa Baby on the station. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's all good. And now I've spent like three minutes talking about Christmas music, so we are going to move on, but I don't even know how we got here. So I have no easy way to transition. Except that I am going to say this uh, before we get into the news and different things of the day, since that's what we usually do, because Thursday is a podcast day, yada yada, you know all the things. I keep forgetting, and different people keep asking me, so I keep forgetting to do an update on radio for those of you that have been praying for my puppy pepper uh, she just turned six months old this past week uh, last week she had uh, an appointment to check up on the uh, the the head issue that she had had from that injury and the surgeries and different things and so we took her in they measured her her lump that was that had been on her head it had by itself for the first time since this whole process started I want to say like three months ago by itself, it had naturally reduced. So it was down overall in size 30%, which is just a huge development. If you see the pictures of what her head looked like just even a few weeks ago to what it looks like right now, really just an incredible, incredible change. And, you know, a few weeks ago, we were faced with the option of, you know, we can do surgery and try to make this go away uh, for good and eliminate it completely, or we can wait and see. And she may always have a significant lump on her head but we know that it's not cancerous and that was the route that we decided to go and there was the surgery was still on the table if that wound wasn't uh, healing and wasn't beginning to finally reduce itself I mean it had literally been months without us seeing any progress and only seeing things happen in the wrong direction uh, I mean I answered prayer along the way but the, the swelling just was not going away so finally that has started to go down she still has <laughs> Poor baby. She still has a dinosaur-like lump on her head. We call her Pepperosaurus because she has, it just, you know those dinosaurs that have the the lump like on the front of their head? I don't even know how to describe it, but that's what she still looks like. It's not massive like it was before, but she's still, it's still, if you see her, it's very noticeable. And uh, so we're, we're still praying that that will just go away completely because Pepper uh, was was bred to be a show puppy, and Pepper's life was meant to be uh, in the show ring, if you will. That's what we were. We had really high hopes for her. She is just a gorgeous, gorgeous puppy. Uh, her grandma is in the Show Dog Hall of Fame. Won Westminster. Like just, she is. 
from good stock, shall we say. And she is so sweet, just all around winner. And then she goes and gets this bump on her head. But we know that with God, all things work together for good. And so we are just continuing to trust him that if it's his will for her to be a show dog, that that will just uh, eventually go away completely and that's what we're still praying for so for those of you that have been praying for pepper thank you so much we are officially uh have been discharged from having to go in and do any further checkups or anything um sorry about that i had someone waving at me in the window it was a little bit of a distraction um anyway pepper has been officially discharged from having to go back to the vet for any further appointments it has uh been consistently reducing in size for the last uh, month roughly so she no longer has to go back for additional appointments it has been officially ruled out that she will not need to have another surgery and we will just continue to monitor uh, the lump on her head and hopefully god willing it will continue to go down so again thank you to everyone that's been praying please continue to pray with us that it will go away completely because that would be just really awesome and at this point very much miraculous our vet is amazed that it is gone down as much as it did so far so we're hoping that will just continue and now you have the pup date on pepper and unless something changes i i think that's you know that's pretty much as uh you know hopefully it'll go away completely and then that's the next update that i will have for you to that regard okay let's get to the news because that's why some of you at least are here the rest of you are just like no we just want to talk about the puppy and i really appreciate that i really do but let's let's talk about the news for those of you that are here for the news okay the Newsbusters has found that television networks are producing 96% negative news when it comes to President Trump. On evening newscasts since 2017, of 684 comments analyzed related to the president on ABC, CBS, and NBC Evening News, 96% have been negative comments. In addition, in the six weeks between September 24th and November 5th of this year, ABC, CBS, and NBC Evening Newscast spent 398 minutes of coverage on the Ukraine scandal a.k.a. the impeachment inquiry that is not, that now may be, or more than three-fifths of all the news time they spent talking about anything related to the Trump administration, more than three-fifths related to the impeachment slash Ukraine issue. They even managed to spin Baghdadi's death negatively for the president. Additionally, impeachment coverage has <laughs> outlasted the Democratic presidential race. During the six weeks of talking about the impeachment, which drew, what did I just say? Like 300 some minutes? 398 minutes? The Democratic presidential race got just 110 minutes. 110 minutes. That's barely a third of the airtime that was given in 2016 
in the 2016 campaign during the, that same time period, 312 minutes of evening news on primaries. This year, 110. And of those 110 minutes dedicated to the Democratic primaries, nearly half, 51 minutes, was about Joe Biden, his son, Ukraine, and how they relate to President Trump's impeachment, potentially, leaving only 59 minutes for non-impeachment-related topics. So literally, Democratic candidates, all 5,000 of them, have gotten less than an hour's worth of coverage in the evening news <laughs> in the last six weeks. Meanwhile, the impeachment inquiry that may or may not be has dominated every aspect of the news cycle. 96% of coverage in the cable news sector related to the president, negative. And we wonder why people are so negative in general. This is another reason why we need Christmas music early, guys. All right, we need to refocus, reset, remember what life is really about. Yes, we should be involved in the political process. I wrote a whole book about why we should be involved in the political process as Christians. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be. But we need to have a balanced, reasonable perspective on what's happening in our nation and around the world and be careful where we get our news and what we allow to impact our thoughts and our feelings and way of life. So while the evening network news has been telling us that everything is bad, 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 Nikki Haley, who I respect immensely, should go read about her, has accused Rex Tillerson of sabotaging Trump and has said that she knew the president to be nothing but honest in all aspects of their service together when she was in the cabinet. Hmm. It's very, very interesting. She said, or she wrote rather, I think on Twitter? Oh no, I'm sorry. It was in her new memoir, With All Due Respect. She talked about how Tillerson and former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly allegedly approached her about joining them in undermining Trump, supposedly for the good of the country. She then went on Hannity on Fox News and addressed the questions that had been raised about her accusation, stood by her claim. She said, let's keep in mind, I mean what I have said, if, if this wasn't these guys, or that these guys thought this was a rogue president. This was that these guys disagreed with his policy. They disagreed with us getting out of the Paris Climate Agreement. They disagreed with us getting out of the Iran deal. They disagreed with moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So when the president was charting a different course and really giving us a strong hand for America and for our friends, they just thought that he was going on in the wrong direction. And so when they sat me down that day, they were attempting to tell me that if I would work with them, they were trying to save America and keep people from dying. Tillerson, of course, is denying this, but given the reputations of the two, I tend to I tend to trust Nikki Haley, former ambassador to the United Nations, former governor of South Carolina, and pretty much just all-around super lady.
The news is like Trump bad. Nikki Haley's like Trump good. Everybody's all negative. Let's talk about some of the positive. Because, you know, nobody else is apparently. Border arrests have fallen again in October, down almost 75% since May. Have you heard anyone talk about this? AOC's not railing about children being locked in cages. But AOC is not anything at all related to why border arrests are down. You know what it is? A president named Donald Trump who took action on illegal immigration back in May. The Wall Street Journal reported that only 36,000 illegal immigrants were arrested in October, a 10% drop from the number of apprehensions in, in September, and a 75% drop from the 132,856 illegal immigrants arrested in May. Even Vox, which is extremely left-leaning, was forced to admit in its article... Uh, let me see, what, what is the title of this article? The number of migrants apprehended at the southern border has plummeted 75% since May. And then they go on to talk about how President Trump's anti-illegal immigration efforts appear to be, quote, having their intended effect, unquote. They wrote the decline in border apprehensions, which have decreased by about 75% since their height in May and 10% in the last month alone, appear to be due more to more than typical seasonal fluctuations and suggest that President Donald Trump's immigration policies are having their intended effect. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. But here's the thing. Everybody's like, well, yeah, it's because we're building the wall. Well, yes and no. Only a handful of sections of the wall have actually been built since that, remember when it was all tenuous because the president was demanding billions of dollars to build the wall in the 2018 uh, budget? A prototype of that wall went up in California, a section of it. In hours, smugglers cut the steel slats and bent a hole allowing for easy entry into the United States again. Instead... What is being credited for this massive drop is his anti-immigration policies. Now, yes, the wall is helping, but the Remain in Mexico policy and pressure on the Mexican and Central American governments that have been designed to cut down the number of asylum seekers making it to the border and presenting themselves to border officials seems to be working. In fact, the Remain in Mexico policy, according to DailyWire.com, requires that asylum seekers who under previous administrations might have been allowed to stay in the United States pending adjudication of their asylum claims are now being turned back into Mexico to wait asylum hearings on the other side of the border. This is brilliant. The result of this is, of course, that many Central American asylum seekers are either taking Mexico's offers of temporary work visas or immigration status or simply returning to their home countries. Around 55,000 migrants thus far have been turned away under the Remain in Mexico policy. So instead of just saying, okay, you can come into this country, you can wait in this country until we have a chance to hear your case, and then many of them not showing up and just disappearing into the American lifestyle, now we're saying, okay, we'll look at your asylum claim, but until we do, you're going to stay in Mexico and wait until we have a chance to review your claim, rather than you're going to stay in the United States and wait for us to review your claim. And while they're staying there, <laughs> they're just deciding to either stay in Mexico under their work visas or, or new immigration status or going back to their home countries. I, I, I'm not meaning to be callous here, 
but I don't think you're actually seeking asylum or fearing for your life or you're thinking your family is in danger, if you make it to the border and we say, okay, we're going to review your asylum case, and until we do, you can stay in Mexico, and then rather than you saying, okay, I'll wait until you hear my asylum case and wait in Mexico, just like I could have waited in the United States, no, I'll just go back to the country that I'm claiming I was, my family was in great danger staying there. I, I just don't think that you're going back if that is in fact the case. Additionally, the president has been putting pressure on the Mexican government to step up their own border control. So capture and deport illegal immigrants in Mexico before they reach the United States. Trump threatened to impose tariffs on all Mexican goods in June. And once that happened, the Mexican government deployed a record 15,000 troops to detain over 31,000 migrants that month and almost 19,000 in July, according to Vox. Not Fox, Vox. Not the conservative publication, the very liberal publication. So now what we see <laughs> is the immigration issue has kind of, kind of faded from the outrage culture and platform. And instead of talking about immigration and specifically, as I mentioned before, overcrowding at border facilities, no, now, 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 2020 Democrats are just talking about the need to abolish ICE altogether. Right. Because what we're doing well is working, so let's just get rid of it altogether. That makes so much sense. Probably not something you've heard on the news lately, though, have you? 75% of border arrests? 75% reduction, rather, in border arrests since May of this year. Democrats were harping about a problem. Republicans were harping about a problem. And guess what? The president kind of did some wheeling and dealing and has really made a huge difference in what was happening there. But, you know, 96% of what we talk about on our evening news will be negative. So let's, let's talk about some more, some more positives. And I say this as someone who is not the president's biggest advocate or anything. I, I think he is human, just like every president before him. I think he makes mistakes. And when he does, we try to you know, recognize those mistakes. But when he does good things, we try to recognize those good things as well, as we should do with all people, as we hope that all people will do for us. Give us a chance, right? That's what you want. That's what you hope other people will do for you. You want other people to think the best of you. <laughs> but then we are so quick to not think the best of other people. But let's talk about let's talk about some of the, the good things the president has done. Just 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 because this this story about the ninety six percent kinda 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 got under my skin a little bit. I was like, you know what, that's that's messed up a lot. Now I I to be honest, I can't remember the last time I watched NBC, CBS, or ABC's evening news programs. I just don't. I have no desire. To be fair, I can't remember the last time I watched a Fox news program. I know some of you that's going to shock you, but I just I everything that I want to know about what's going on in the world, I can I have aggregated to my Twitter feed. That's the way that I, as a millennial, get my news. And I, I choose to do my own research on what is happening in the world. I, I made a conscious effort several years ago to say, you know what, I will listen to what other people have to say about the news, but I just want to read the facts myself and make my own conclusion. I don't need to hear your, your conclusions. 
I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy that and I appreciate it. And there are great people doing great things in the news media, but that's just not, I just, my, my life and my schedule changed to where I, I just didn't have the time that I once had for getting other people's opinions on the news. And so I just had to take what I got and make my own opinions based off of what I found. And I could choose to carve out time to watch the evening news or watch Fox News. I, To be honest, I choose not to because I have a very limited amount of time that I get to spend doing... Well, anyway, that's, that's personal information that we don't need to talk about right now. But I am choosing to spend my time differently in those hours when I could be instead receiving news and commentary. And to be honest, I don't feel like I've missed out on a whole lot. Especially <laughs> when 96% has just been negative. Like, why the spin? Just report the news. Good grief. If it's good, say that it's good. If it's bad, say that it's bad. It doesn't need to be this complicated, okay? So let's, let's talk about some of the good. GDP, real gross domestic product growth. Over 3% increase in the last four quarters. More than 5 million jobs have been created since President Trump's election. The unemployment rate remains below 4%. Prior to 2019, the unemployment rate had fallen before 4% only five times since 1970. But uh, this is the, we had eight times last year that the unemployment rate was below 4%. Previously, in the last basically 50 years that had only happened five times in 50 years it happened eight times in a single year under president trump the unemployment rate for african americans in may fell to less than six percent the lowest rate on record asian and hispanic american unemployment rates also reached record lows this year job openings outnumber the unemployed for the first time ever on record under president trump Americans are seeing more money in their pockets thanks to the booming economy. In 2007, medium household income rose to a post-recession high. Poverty rates reached record lows in 2017. 4.6 million Americans no longer on food stamps. The National Association of Manufacturers Outlook Index had the highest annual average in its history over the past year as manufacturing added 284,000 jobs in 2018 alone. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was signed into law, the largest package of tax cuts in American history. Those tax cuts are delivering real results for Americans. More than 6 million workers received tax cut bonuses and benefits. More than 100 utility companies announcing lower rates. NB Energy not being one of them. Ah... <coughs> <sighs> President Trump has followed through on and exceeded his promise to roll back two regulations for every new one created. In fact, in 2018, the president's administration eliminated 12 regulations for every new one created in 2018. In 2017, 22 regulations were eliminated for every new one created. $33 billion in regulatory savings because of those, those eliminations. We withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement. Legislation to roll back Dodd-Frank regulations were signed into law. 
The outdated North American Free Trade Agreement was renegotiated into a new trade agreement between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Renegotiation of the United States-Korea Free Trade Agreement. The United States and Japan are set to begin negotiations on a U.S.-Japan trade agreement. New trade relationship with the European Union. Expanded market access for American agricultural producers. The list goes on and on and on. The U.S. Embassy moved to Jerusalem in Israel. Jerusalem, recognized as the capital of Israel. The United States in 2017, under the president, became a net natural gas exporter for the first time in 60 years. American coal exports increased by more than 60% in 2017. The administration streamlined liquefied natural gas terminal permitting. The president signed legislation to open energy exploration in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge. And in 2018, the Department of the Interior announced it would hold the largest oil and gas lease sale in history. Construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline and the cross-border permit for the Keystone XL Pipeline both approved under the president. Hmm. President Trump rescinded the hydraulic fracturing rule, which was expected to cost the oil and gas industry $32 million per year. Should I keep going? stop there? What do you think? Violent crime decreased under President Trump nationally following two year consecutive years of increases in Barack Obama's final two years in office. The first year President Trump was in office, violent crime decreased. The DOJ announced nearly $100 million in grant funding to hire hundreds of new additional law enforcement officers. President Trump cracking down on MS-13 and bringing their evil to light. He signed the First Step Act, which includes bipartisan reforms to make our federal justice system fairer and our community, communities rather safer. We already talked about what he has been doing with immigration and how that has resulted in a 75% reduction in arrests at the border. President Trump's rebuilding our military, defending American interests around the world. I'm not going to get into the whole uh, withdrawal from Turkey. I did podcast after podcast on that a couple of weeks ago. <sighs> the list goes on and on and on and on. We have two Supreme Court justices, Justice Neil Gorsuch, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I could literally spend the rest of the program talking about accomplishments of the president since he took office. But I'm going to stop because there are other things I want to get to before the program ends. My point is what Abraham Lincoln once famously said. If you look for the bad in mankind expecting to find it, you surely will. <laughs> if you look for the bad in, in Washington, D.C., expecting to find it, you don't even have to expect to find it. You just will. Okay? But maybe... Sometimes, we should look for the good. Even in people that we don't necessarily agree with or that we don't necessarily want to be friends with or, or hope that they will do well or that we hope get replaced, but we can still look for, and if we look for, we will find the good 
that even people we don't agree with are doing. It's, it's simply a choice. And there are times where we, we must call out the bad. We must stand for truth. We must take a stand against evil. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying rather than just listening to the 96% negative news feed, maybe, maybe we should turn off the TV a little more often and, and do some digging for some good once in a while. And since the Democrats have gotten virtually no coverage for their primary because the <laughs> mainstream media is obsessed with reporting negatively on the president, let's let's give you a little bit of an update on what is happening there, okay? Uh, Joe Biden currently polling at about 6% above second place Senator Elizabeth Warren in the average of recent national polls. He has kind of resurged. He was dropping there for a little bit. Uh, but he's now back on top. Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, Mayor Pete, and Senator Kamala Harris uh, round out the top five. So you've got Biden, then Warren, Sanders, Mayor Pete, and Senator Kamala Harris. Interestingly, it appears that this thing may come down to a three-person race among Biden, Warren, and Sanders. Although Mayor Pete is surging in Iowa. So I didn't I didn't know I didn't think that we would have a narrowing of the field this early, but it really seems to be focusing in on those three. Of the three, Sanders scares me the most because he is an outright devoted socialist. I read an article the other day, it was just blew me away about how the man has never had a real job in his entire life, unless you count serving in Congress as a real job, which I would, but the author of the article uh, basically said there in no private sector job has he ever served. In fact, he worked zero jobs until he served in Congress. That's kind of really scary. This dude is as socialist as socialists come. He, he's <laughs> Do some research. Google it. It's, it's very, very scary, this man. Elizabeth Warren tends much to the socialism as well, but she kind of puts a nice little spin on it. I don't feel like she would be a very productive president. So in a lot of ways, quite frankly, she scares me the least because I just think that she has ideas that will never actually come to fruition and the things that she's promising she would not be able to accomplish in four years if she had eight years maybe but I just don't see her winning a second election even if she were to win the first one and I think perhaps if the election is her versus Trump based on specifically the wealth tax that she's really pushing I talked about that on the program yesterday a little bit but I, I don't think Elizabeth Warren is a good option for the Democrats because she just, she is turning off wealthy Democrats <laughs> in droves. And given the option between her and Trump, I just don't see her as being a winnable, or for the election being winnable for her. Sanders, I, I don't see the election being winnable for him because while there are young people who will champion his socialism, he just if he just doesn't have the drive or the enthusiasm surrounding his campaign that the others would have not to mention i th i think that a lot of moderate democrats and independents aren't interested in going full out communist this year so i i don't see him as winning 
Biden, I, you know, I, I've said since the beginning that I think Biden's going to end up as the candidate because he appears to be the most moderate of the potential candidates. But with all of his gaffes and all of his flukes, I, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see any of these three beating Donald Trump in a head-to-head in 2020. And I think that is why. <laughs> This impeachment thing just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming because they have to do something they know. Democrats know that they are in trouble when it comes to the 2020 election. <sighs> Electoral prediction market website predict it still thinks that uh, Elizabeth Warren is a favorite to win the presidential nomination over Biden with Mayor Pete Sanders and Andrew Yang following after her. But predict it showed Warren with a huge read lead recently, but her lead over Biden has substantially narrowed in recent weeks. I personally think that's because she keeps pushing these agenda items that are highly unpopular, even in her own party. And that's how we get the rear clear politics average of Biden with a national poll lead of 6%. There's just so much craziness. They, they just need to stop. Meanwhile, state-by-state uh, state polling data, Elizabeth Warren right now is winning in Iowa. Biden doesn't come in until fourth place. She gets 21, nearly 22%. Biden comes in at 15 and a half. In New Hampshire, Warren winning with about 20%. Biden in second, well, just, just barely behind her, less than a, a fraction of a percent. In Nevada, uh, Biden is up bigly, uh, nearly seven points above Warren here in the battle-born state. And in South Carolina, that would be Biden's largest margin of victory, up 35% to Warren's 15% as the average state-by-state uh, -state polling data. So Warren and Biden appear to be frontrunners. Sanders hanging in there. Mayor Pete just holding on, staying with the pack. And then you've got Senator Kamala Harris just hanging on in that th place position. But I expect her to be gone uh, very soon. One of her most recent gaffes being... <laughs> introducing a bill to lengthen the school day by three hours so that it would better accommodate parents' work schedules. An eight-hour school day. Well, that means that teachers should be paid more, right? And then that leaves us with two options. Either the taxpayers will have to pay more in taxes to fund an increase in teachers' salaries, or teachers will have to work longer hours at their current pay scale. She's proposing five-year grants of up to $5 million to help make this happen. And she is saying that teachers and faculty would not have to work additional hours unless they want to. The bill is instead proposing that the grant money go to extracurricular activities like electives in music, arts, athletics, writing, and engineering, or dance and theater programs. The question then becomes, who is going to run all these programs if not the teachers? And if we look at the history of the public school system, we know what will happen. This will not be... <laughs> this will not be some independent groups putting on three hours worth of after-school activities for free in every public school in America. No, this is going to fall on already overworked, underpaid teaching staff in public schools across the country. This is a terrible idea.
<sighs> so while Elizabeth Warren is creating enemies within her own party by suggesting that we should tax the rich and proposing Medicare for all, which literally uh, cannot be done by the plan that she has proposed, Kamala Harris is suggesting that your children should not only go to public school five days a week, but now should add three hours to that public school day so that it will better accommodate everyone's schedules all the way around. And don't worry, no one will actually have to work those extra three hours. Some magic fairies will just appear to educate your children for free in every public school across the land. And yet the coverage, or maybe this is why, <laughs> the coverage of the Democratic primaries and candidates has been just 60 minutes in the same news span that President Trump and the Ukraine issue received over 398 minutes worth of time. So while, while the mainstream media is spending 96% of their time, on average, telling you that the president is terrible, the administration is terrible, everything is terrible in our country. Can you please just not be happy because we don't want this president to win again? So please realize that everything in the world is awful, that being an American is awful, that waving a flag is awful, that everything is awful because awful, 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 awful. While that's what you're hearing from the mainstream news media, and oh, by the way, they'll throw in, there are also people running for the Democratic primary. Afterthought. Sorry. Meanwhile, <laughs> things are actually doing really well in our country. Illegal immigration down 75% since May. Just this year, the president's policies are working, and that's without even much of the wall being up. Imagine what the reduction would be if the wall was actually built. Huge. GDP? going up. Jobless claims going down. Have you checked your stock portfolio lately? It's a beautiful thing. I've even debated cashing out some stock because I'm like this is bubble's got to pop sometime but it's not popping right now. Even Bitcoin <laughs> has been doing better lately. And that's saying a lot. It's not all negative. It's only all negative if that is what we choose to see. If we look for the bad, expecting to find it, we will. So, my brethren, while you should be informed, while we should know what's going on in the world and be active in our communities and in our state and in our country and in the political process, don't let negativity rule your thought process. No, as Paul said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And he didn't say, if there be a lot of virtue, if there be a lot to praise. No, he said, and I think he said this on purpose, because I'm pretty sure Every word in the Bible is meant to be. Now, granted, it's the English word and not the Greek word, but I didn't have time to look that up right now. But I'm, anyway, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes when you're looking at people and things that are happening in Washington, D.C., it's, it's hard to find. But if there's any there, think on these things. And we can apply that to every aspect of life. Apply that to your kids. <laughs> 
if there is any virtue, if there is anything there to praise, did they put their socks on their feet today? This, if this is an accomplishment, praise it. Because you, you don't even have to look for the bad. You're going to find it. But if, you, if you're not looking for the good, sometimes you'll just miss it completely. So if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, in whatever aspect of life you are facing today, where there's virtue, where there's praise, where there's things that are pure and honest and just and true and lovely and of good report, think about those things. And that is all the time that I have left for today. Thank you for listening. You can catch this and other editions, other editions, other episodes, really, of the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for The Fiddle Show. It'll take you right there. We have some good oldies, some fun interviews in the past that you can go and check out, and I hope that you will. iTunes, SoundCloud, just search for The Fiddle Show. We're coming to you from Liberty Baptist Church, where our service times are 9.30 and 11.15 Sunday mornings, 6 p.m. Sunday evenings, 7 p.m. Wednesday nights, 6501 West Lakeview Boulevard is our church address, and we'd love to invite you and your family, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, Everybody is welcome here at Liberty. We hope that you will join us for one of our services. If you'd like to find out more information about our church or any of our ministries or our pastors or staff, you can visit our website at experienceliberty.com. And while you're browsing the World Wide Web and you're going to click on your Facebook or your Facebook app or you're going to type it in your browser, we know you're going to be there at some point today. While you're there, head on over to our Facebook page. Click like. It's Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Tomorrow is Friday, which means no politics and a giveaway. So don't miss out on tomorrow's program right here, same time, same place, on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas.